Welcome back to, to the, the Dead, Dead to the, the World, World podcast. Wow, I was wanting to welcome us because I haven't done it for a while. And then I totally forgot to join into the second part. That's okay. I do that sometimes. Anyway, this is Mama Dawn. Hi, this, Mama Dawn. This is Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Hi, Tasha. Hi, this is Tasha. Hi, Tasha. Hi. <laughs> welcome, Dream Team. So do you guys have anything to talk about before we jump in today? Mm, I got some really cute nails. Oh my gosh, you did. They're so cute. They're super cute. I love them. I, I think, posted them on our TikTok. Oh, you did? Ah, so, so go, go take a look. TikTok. I was going to say, I think those are like Instagram post worthy. They, maybe I'll throw them on there too. Works for me. I know. I've been really enjoying our TikToks. Good job, Lexi. Thank you. They're a lot of work, actually. I like have a new respect for people who just like full-time do TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. So, Tosh, I heard something great happen to you today. You got to sell at work. I got one. my very first application. Yay. Woohoo! Proud of you, you little seller. You little seller, you. You little salesperson. What are you doing? She's distracted. Sorry. Distracted. I was she messaging Katie to see what opening she had for a nail appointment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think she's going to have any. Well, I said in September. Oh, all right. Come back from New Sorry. Yeah. Now that I'm here and attentive, I oh. made a, I, I, how dare my laptop. Who did that? All right. So, yes, I had my first enrollment today. It was very exciting and looking forward to more. Yay. Congratulations. Because Medicare is freaking confusing. It is. It really is confusing. There's Tasha like part A and part B and part C and part D and an advantage plan, a supplement plan, dental health. Like, oh my goodness. So I'm a licensed agent, but I could be your licensed agent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So that kind of reminded me of Joey vibes. How you doing? How, How you, you doing? doing? <laughs> anyway, well, today we are going to talk about some phobias. <laughs> Did you know that there are sleep phobias? I do because I researched them. <laughs> it was funny. You know, we I was looking up all the parasomnias and I n had never seen these phobias. And then all of a sudden in some research, they popped up and it was like, oh, wow, there's people who are scared to dream. Like there's people who are scared to go to sleep. So if you are afraid of dreaming, that fear is called onerophobia. Good job on the pronunciation. Thank you. I had to listen to it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> we do the most for you guys. We really try. And then if you have a fear of sleep in general, that's a somnophobia. Mm -hmm. So I got some information from Psych Times. And I am going to share mostly my information is about the onerophobia. Lexi has a little bit of information about the somnophobia. Yep. And I have your treatments. Wow. Nice. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. I know. I wonder if anybody... <laughs> thanks. I wonder if anybody noticed in our last episode, or maybe it was the episode before last, that I did the solutions, like the treatment, instead of Tasha. I think that was the first time. The it first was, time Dr. Tasha didn't do treatment? I know. It was in the sleep Oh, my gosh. Episode. Anyway, moving on. So, onerophobia... It's an irrational fear of dreams. Someone suffering from this condition can expect to experience a very high amount of anxiety from merely thinking of dreams, let alone actually having them. Doesn't sound fun. Which I can't imagine how that actually happens. I love sleep too much. Hey, not everyone's like us. I know. Someone experiencing a full-blown panic attack as a result of their onerophobia 
can expect to have an increased heart rate, an increased rate of breathing, high blood pressure, muscle tension, trembling, and excessive sweating, among several other symptoms. Although panic attacks may not always be the case for everyone experiencing symptoms of onerophobia, it is still possible to occur, especially if their symptoms are very severe. And I just want to say, I have had a panic attack once when I was in the emergency room. I do not recommend it for anyone, and I'm sorry that this happens to people. Panic attack. I don't know if I've had a panic attack. Why did you have a panic attack attack at the hospital? Um, So it was when I had my left side of my body go numb, and they thought I possibly was having a stroke. Gotcha. I wasn't having a stroke, by the way, but... I just started to panic. It was weird. I was laying there talking to Daddy Dale, and all of a sudden I remembered about a gentleman that used to I used to work with. He was a sales guy. He was one of our best sales guy at this past company I worked at. But he passed away. He ended up with cancer. And all of a sudden I was like trying to remember his name, and then I remembered his name, and then I started crying, and then I had this whole, like, a panic attack to the point I did not think I could breathe. Like, I literally was, like, grabbing my chest and... The nurses all came in and they're just like, what do they say? Like, blow out the candles, smell the roses, blow out the candles to try to get you to breathe through your nose and out through your mouth. And I just kept (laughs) screaming, I can't, I can't. Like, I didn't feel like I could breathe. Like, if I stopped freaking out, it was just like I couldn't get anything in. It was so weird. That's scary. That is the definition of a panic attack. So, I mean, I've had other times where I felt a little panic, like the butterflies when Mm -hmm. you get like super excited, but they hurt (laughs) because it's more like you're super scared. Yeah. I've had those before, and I thought that's what a panic attack was until this happened. And I've only had it one other time, and it was also a time I was in the hospital. So, all right. So, uh, someone suffering from onerophobia may find themselves avoiding that which they fear. They may take this to the extreme by ensuring that they cannot be exposed to dreams in any way. For example, someone with this condition may refuse to allow themselves to fall into a deep sleep by only taking multiple short naps throughout the day or at night. Such excessive worry and irrational thinking are likely to be one of the main causes of mental anguish. Can you imagine that? Like you'd almost have to set an alarm for like, I don't know what, every hour so you didn't go into REM sleep so you wouldn't dream. Wow. But even... would I mean, you would just get horrible sleep. Well, and it's making me think of when I did that episode where I talked about I forgot what it was called, but it was that sleep method where they slept like a half hour every like three or four hours. Anyway. I remember talking about it, but I do not remember what it was called. Uh, I'm just saying they said that they still dream. So like even if you break up your sleep, so you're not sleeping 90 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. you still have to have REM sleep. So I I mean, sorry if you have this and I'm telling you that won't work. Like I feel like from that story, even if you set an alarm for every hour, at some point, your body is going to go into REM sleep. Well, wasn't it with that weird sleep schedule? Your body goes into REM sleep faster, I believe they said. Yeah. Right? And like your body kind of adjusts. So as soon as you went to sleep, you went into REM sleep. Yeah, because your body needs the REM sleep. So it would go through each cycle. It would just be a different cycle each time you slept. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Okay. And then also, I think we talked about too, like if you were depressed, you would might go into REM sleep faster. Mm-hmm. And so this feels like, I think if you had this fear, you would be depressed. If you weren't getting very good sleep. Or, I mean, you definitely would have some effects on your mood. Although someone with this condition may actively avoid their fear in an attempt to help them reduce their chances of experiencing 
any immediate anxiety. Doing so may also worsen their symptoms of the winterphobia. The winterphobia. 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 <laughs> I have that one. I have a phobia of winter. In the long term, due to the fact that they would also be justifying their fear to themselves by actively avoiding it. So it's like almost saying it's okay to have this fear and like really buying into the fact that it's real, trying to avoid it. So s- symptoms of wonderphobia. As is the case with virtually every other phobia that exists, someone with wonderphobia can expect anxiety to be the most prominent symptom of their condition. Also, as previously mentioned, their anxiety may be so extreme that they may even endure panic attacks as a result of it. Depending on the severity of their panic attacks, they may even need to be hospitalized. However, this will vary from person to person and will be dependent on many factors. Furthermore, someone with onerophobia may go to painstaking efforts to ensure that they do not come in contact with their fear in any way. This may mean them not only avoiding areas where they might come into contact with their fear, but also that they may actively try to prevent it from happening by taking more hand, by taking a more hands-on approach. Hmm, hands-on approach. How do you take a hands-on approach to not dreaming? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, don't, I, don't have the answer for you. <laughs> I'm just picturing somebody smacking, like smacking their face. Like, oh, can't sleep that long. Smack. Oh, yeah. Hands-on approach. <laughs> or think about like on the Polar Express where he's like, Come on, come on, come on. And he's like pinching himself oh, because yeah. he's like trying to wake trying up. To wake up on top of the train with like putting the snow in his face and all that jazz. Anyway, so you will see some more common symptoms of the phobia. Here are a few symptoms. Sorry, you won't see them. I will see them in this article and I will read them to you. Anxiety when thinking of dreams, unable to cope with anxiety, muscle tension, shakiness and sweating, and may experience panic attacks which I kind of feel like the previous things equal the panic attack, but I didn't write the article. So what causes onerophobia? Anyone? That's, that's Anyone? the big question. Nightmares? No. It says there's no definitive cause for onerophobia. Oh. Nevertheless. <laughs> Sorry, but um, yeah, we don't know what causes it. <laughs> it's true. It's just interesting. Like, I just liked how you were like, what causes it? And Lexi's like, that's the question. And mom's like, well... We don't know. We don't know. Nevertheless, genetics and one's environment may both play a role, very significant role, in developing this condition. For example, if someone has a family history of mental illness, especially of anxiety disorder or specific phobias, then they have a much higher chance of developing onerophobia. This may be due to them having a genetic predisposition to developing mental illness in general. If someone were to have such genetics, then it may only require that they experience some sort of traumatic event for them to develop full-blown onerophobia. It looks like onerophobia. That's what I was going to It looks like onerophobia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, onerophobia. So, and I guess maybe traumatic event. I don't know if that has to be a dream in general or maybe even something else might trigger it. I'm not sure. Essentially, any sort of emotionally painful event that involves the various fears associated with onerophobia in some way may be enough for them to develop this condition insofar as they have the proper genetics. So I think that was saying it would have to be dream-related for them to get a dream-related fear. Um, Although we do not know the exact cause of onerophobia, the consensus among most mental health professionals is that both genetics and environment factors play a very significant role. 
in the development of any given mental disorder. So taking a closer look at the two different parameters may shed some light on whether or not you may think that you are at risk for developing the disease. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Which I find it interesting. That So it sounds like they're considering it a mental health disorder. Right. Okay. I mean, that kind of makes sense because it's more of your mind, like... Your mind's eye. Do you know what I mean? Like, aren't all phobias technically a mental health disorder? Yeah, I would think so, I guess. I mean, if you're afraid of spiders, that just seems more justified, though. But I think it's maybe more common is the only thing about it. Probably. Well, I just think it's a mental disorder because it's all in your head, basically. Yeah. Like, do you really need to be afraid of dreams? I don't know. If you have bad dreams, it's valid. But to the point that you literally don't sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, are you scared of spiders because you're extremely allergic or like it could kill you, kill you no matter what spider it is, or you just don't like them? Yeah. Good point. Arachnophobia. They did a movie about it even. But that's... That's why I know it. (laughs) Really? Because I was just going to say, I think any type of phobia would be considered a mental disorder because I'm scared of spiders, but I don't constantly think about what if I see a spider kind of thing. Kind of takes over the brain, I yeah. think, the mind at the time. So I picked out a couple of stories that I got on Reddit. This one is from Strategy OK4165. And it says, does anyone else have a fear of dreaming? I don't even know where else to post this, but I'm so curious. My dreams are so unsettling. They get incredibly strange and fantastical in a way that I really find unnerving. Oftentimes, I dream about things I find very distressing in my life or in my past, mixed in with creepy worlds of creatures that I am always so shocked my brain could even come up with. I wake up feeling very anxious and disoriented because I feel like I was in some strange psychedelic trip or fantasy horror movie, and it's hard for me to remember that my real life even exists for a few seconds after waking up. So wouldn't that be so crazy, like to have a dream that seems so realistic that you wake up and it takes you a little while to realize that that's not your life. Yeah, that's that not is, real. That's crazy. Ever since I was taking Lamitol, sorry, I should have looked up how to say that. Lamitol, L-A-M-I-C-T-A-L. Okay. I didn't look up what it was. So it's some medication, obviously. Obviously. Um, I believe it's a medication to suppress your dreams. Oh, Okay. At night, this... Well, do you want to look it up for me, Tosh? Is it L-A-M-I-C-T-A-L? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the brand name. It's Lomotrinogen. I don't know how to say it either, but it treats seizures and bipolar disorder. Oh, okay. I was wrong. And then it also says it can be a mood stabilizer um, that works in the brain, and it's approved treatments, as I said, for bipolar disorder or manic depression and certain types of seizures. Okay. Let me look up what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, and actually, if I remember correctly, I actually did find this on a bipolar like website. website. Sorry, I'm thinking of paroxetine, oh. which we've talked about before. It makes it so you don't go into REM, REM sleep. sleep. That was with the dream and acting behavior disorder, yeah. right? Yeah. Sorry. That's what I was thinking. That's okay. Okay. So Lamisetol. At night, this has gotten even worse. I've always dealt with a lot of nightmares and had a fear of dreaming for as long as I can remember. It sucks because sleep is so inevitable and important for my mental health, and I have to deal with facing these fears every single night. It's such a strange fear that impacts my life so much. And so true. Well, and I imagine, too, if you're fearful and anxious, and then you get tired, I think that even compounds it. Yeah. Yeah, makes it worse. 
I would agree. All right. The next one I found on an OCD web, or web or support page on Reddit, and it's called OCD and Fear of Dreams. Hi. I'm having a really <laughs> tough day. <laughs> That's how it starts. I know. Hi. I'm sorry. It's just because you, you paused, paused. It really threw me it off. threw me off, too. Sorry. My nose is stuffed and I can't breathe through my mouth, so I keep having to take a pause so I can get air. Hi. I'm having... <laughs> Sorry, I tried. I really tried. Hi. Okay, okay I'll start hi. without the hi. My Please, name's... So no, no, no. My name is Russell, and I am a wilderness explorer. explorer. No, but it Can makes... I help you cross the road? Street. Street. Same thing. Also, hold on. It makes me think of like... Hi. My name's Sarah McLeal. What? What is it? Sarah <laughs> oh, McLaughlin. My name's Sarah McLaughlin. And wouldn't you want to help these poor animals in need? Okay, Actually, wow. we would, but yes, I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying that's what. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. Yes, got Anyways, it. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I got a Glock in my Ari. <laughs> I got a Glock in my Ari. Boom. Okay. Boom. Okay. 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 Back to seriousness. No, I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gosh. Sorry. I'm having a really rough day today and just discovered the subreddit. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Still just sounds like you're talking about yourself. Okay, sorry. Tosh. Because I'm so convincing. Yeah, that's I'm what sorry. it is. <laughs> you're just so convincing. Okay, shut up. <laughs> okay, so sorry. we're so, okay, everyone, we're so sorry. And take it away. <laughs> if you start with hi, I'm going to smack you. I'm not you. going to. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I'm writing this or what I expect from it, but here it goes. I have had, uh, I think, a metaphysical OCD and anxiety for over a decade. At its worst, 2018 until early 2020, I have been unable to leave home, reply to friends, watch TV, browse the net, etc. To try to summarize it, my OCD and anxiety resolve, revolve, excuse me. My OCD and anxiety revolve around thoughts and fears of my family becoming seriously ill. This is then linked in with some semi-belief and negative dream and thoughts that I have about a loved one becoming ill will happen at some point. I see patterns and links in my bad dreams and thoughts everywhere and worry that they are signs that the dreams will come true. It's difficult to explain, so I'll give you an, an example. This week, I had a dream that my partner was seriously ill with a particular disease that her brother has. In the same dream was a childhood friend of mine that I haven't spoke to in many years. A few days later, I went shopping in the local supermarket, and as soon as I entered, I saw the wife of the friend who was in my dream. This immediately sent me into my OCD anxiety attack. I felt sick. My chest was tight, and I had to get out of the shop. My worry here is that if that part of the dream can seem to come true, the part about my partner being ill will also come true. I have kept a written record of examples of when I have been able to debunk these dreams on my PC to help me, as long as I have had a valid reason why I had a particular dream, like maybe I watched a film that included elements I dreamt about, I feel much better, but it's very time-consuming going through the internet history, etc. So they're saying... If they can figure out how that seed got planted in their brain and why they dreamt about it, then they can, like, talk themselves out of being worried about it. That kind of makes sense. But if they can't put their finger on anything, then they think it's a premonition and whatever is going to happen to, they dreamt to their loved one. Like, that would be really scary to feel like your dreams were always going to come true and they're always negative. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't like that. 
So it makes sense that they would be afraid to dream. Mm-hmm. And that is my story. It's your turn, Lexi. Okay. Well, as Mama Dawn said, I'm going to be talking about somnophobia, um, which is an irrational fear of sleep. All right, my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lexi, you put a lot of thought into that. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So I feel like a lot of the information is kind of similar to moms. They are kind of similar things in a sense. Yeah. Well, one pretty much leads to the other. Exactly. If you're scared to dream, you're going to be afraid Afraid to to go to sleep. So I just got a couple stories online of people who struggle with this phobia, and I'm going to share those with you guys. So the first one is from Reddit, and it's from user Future Independent 5 Nice. And they said, I just wanted some other people who can relate to my problem and give me opinions, or maybe I just want to vet. I am honestly too tired to know. It's been getting worse lately, going to bed at 3 or 4 a.m. and waking up around 8 a.m. For some reason, the fear of falling asleep during the day is not nearly as strong as the feeling of falling asleep during the night. Still a bit there, but more manageable. So I've been thinking of maybe taking naps during the day, but for some reason, I'm ter- I'm only terrified of sleep during the night. I was thinking if I do this, then it might make my brain see sleep as something other than a reason to have an anxiety attack, since this only happens when I try to sleep at night, and help normalize it, and getting some very needed hours of sleep. I don't get at night. And getting some very needed hours of sleep that I don't get at night. Most of the time, I can actually somewhat enjoy sleeping during the day. So he can nap, essentially, mm-hmm. but he can't, like, have a good night's sleep. I wonder if, it's, if it has something to do with being afraid of being asleep for a prolonged period of time. Because, mm, yeah, so this person is saying people with this phobia, they put it in a support group. They're able to take naps during the day to catch up on some sleep. They're just really scared of sleeping at nighttime. Gotcha. So that might be something you could try if you're feeling really desperate to get some sleep. And, yeah, sorry, I don't know. I just assumed it was a guy. Well, and it makes sense to me just because if I've ever had bad dreams, like woke up during the night with a bad dream and every time you fall back to sleep, you start dreaming the same dream again. Mm -hmm. I always do notice that I sleep better as soon as the sun starts to come up. It's kind of like a relief, like, oh, the night's over. It's almost like the dark kind of brings on a negative thing in those situations. Well, it's like if you dream of something scary and you wake up and it's dark, that's scary. If you dream of something scary and you wake up and it's just the middle of a normal day, you're kind of like, oh, it was a dream. Yeah, no big deal. I kind of feel the same way too if like Daddy Dell's out of town and I'm sleeping by myself. If for some reason I'm bothered by it, I'll pass out when the sun starts to come up. Yeah. I just had a thought too is that sometimes when you're laying in your own bed, and you have a nightmare, sometimes even just going out to the couch, you can fall asleep. So I wonder if it would maybe have to do also with like a change of the bedroom, like atmosphere makes it them anxious. Yeah, maybe it's where, like more pressure to fall asleep in your bed than it is yeah, to fall asleep somewhere where else. Where if they just go and take a nap on the couch, then it's like it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. like to say this is a good time to point out that we're not experts. So that's why we're sharing stories from people who experience it. Correct. And I actually know somebody that has this phobia, someone that I work with, and he said he might be willing to come and actually do an interview with us at some point. That would be fun. But yeah, he was telling me that it's like stress. The idea of like going into the bedroom and laying down in bed is like stressful. That's wild. I know. I do not experience that whatsoever. To me, it's rejuvenating. (laughs) Well, let's not make him feel bad. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Okay. My next run is from Cora, and it's from Manny Doofer, was the user. 
And they said, it can be really hard. Oh, so this was in response to someone asking, if you have this, what is it like to live with it? That's what she said. It was really hard. Okay. <laughs> I had to figure out what we were referring to there. I'm sorry. What did she say? It was really hard. And I said, that's what she said. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. That was inappropriate. They Continue. said, it can be really hard. It takes me anything between 30 minutes to an hour every night to fall asleep, usually an hour. For me, if I'm conscious of the feeling of falling asleep, I jolt myself out of it. I think the fear for me is going from a conscious state to an unconscious state. I find it easier to fall asleep when I don't realize I'm falling asleep. I can fall asleep on the sofa watching TV, but I suppose that's because I'm more focused on watching TV that I don't realize that I'm tired and I just fall asleep. I fall asleep on transportation, as a passenger in a car, train, bus, plane, basically anything which has a nice, comfortable motion and will gently coerce me into falling asleep. Once I am asleep, I guess I enjoy being asleep. It's just the act of falling asleep which I find disconcerting. Disconcerting? Dis- disconcerting. Yeah, disconcerting. You know, I always have pride my- prided- pride- had you been proud? I was going to say, I've been, like, prideful with myself of knowing English, and the fact that that's how that sentence started out just proved me so wrong. Okay. I'm going to keep going. So we are related after all. <laughs> I guess so. I guess I seem to get dumber as I get older. I'm not in school anymore. Okay. They said, it's really hard to describe. Not sure if this answer is helpful, but like I said, I'm guessing it's because I equate falling asleep to being unconscious. Well, that makes sense. It's almost like death in a way like they're afraid that they're not going to wake up and i do yeah the concept of sleep is kind of scary like i can imagine if i didn't have a place where i felt safe to sleep because i'm sure i mean some people don't have the best living situations and stuff like that i feel like that could have something to do with this too well i heard something once before and don't quote me on this because i don't know how factual it is which i'm not sure if they could even prove it but basically they say that the reason why you have certain fears is because it's passed down in your genetics from your ancestors. Wow. So like if you had an ancestor that fell off a cliff and died, mm. like it's almost like that fear gets passed on somehow. Where did I? I don't know I also how heard that, that happen, actually. But I've heard that. So I'm wondering if it's almost like, can you imagine in the caveman days, they, they didn't have a safe place to sleep. They had to be conscious of animals mm-hmm. attacking them all the time. So maybe, maybe some of that like primal fear is there is there yeah like it didn't go dormant like it has in me for sure the next one i have is from cora as well and it's from dj purity so she used to struggle with the phobia in the past during certain scenarios so she just describes those here she said mostly when i feared sleep was when i was going through something i couldn't explain here's one example i have had insomnia for a long time and at the time i was at least seven months pregnant Whenever I went to bed, I couldn't get comfortable, couldn't sleep, and when I did sleep, I woke up feeling worse than before I went to bed. I also had a medical issue that no one had detected yet, which was causing a huge amount of discomfort, especially during nighttime. With all of that combined, I would get anxiety around nighttime because I didn't want to go to bed. I knew sleep wouldn't be relaxing, and I would wake up in distress and feeling worse off. So I began to watch TV, even lame TV, at night to avoid going to sleep. The main feeling was being uncomfortable most of the day due to the lack of sleep, but feeling worse as night approached and having anxiety and panic attacks due to the rational reasoning that as a pregnant person, sleep is important, yet it was hurting me. If I told anyone about my fear of going to sleep, they would not take me seriously. 
Thankfully, this phase didn't last long, and the medical issue was corrected, and somehow the fear of sleep wasn't as bad anymore. Another example is when going through PTSD and having nightmares and very vivid dreams. It creates a lot of uncomfortable anxiety around the whole process of sleep because sleep means dreams. The only way I could think to cure this fear and dislike was to talk to a psychiatrist about it, and luckily the psychiatrist also had PTSD and nightmares and flashbacks, so he told me about a medication he took to suppress dreaming, which is the REM suppressor sleep, Mm -hmm. REM sleep suppressing drug, paroxetine. Paroxetine. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> like all phobias, they can they can be cured. But while going through them, there is no avoiding the fact that sleep is going to happen. It affects our daily lives. Some people who are experiencing mania or hypomania, which I have had before, can go days without sleep and feel wide awake. But this usually isn't always the case. When I was little, I had insomnia because I used to fear dying in my sleep. I would be able to hear my heartbeat as I lay down and I was irrationally afraid my heart would stop So I hated hearing that sound, and it seemed so loud when I was trying to sleep that I just couldn't. I eventually started collecting ticking clocks, a lot of them that ticked so loudly that it distracted me from the sounds that made me fear death during sleep. That's interesting. So hearing the heartbeat made them uncomfortable. I wonder if it's because as you start to fall asleep, your heartbeat obviously slowers. So I wonder if she could hear it and hear it slowing down that she got scared that she would die. Is slower a real word? Slower? I get that. Could you try again? Slower. Shut up, laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, he so- couldn't get that. That wasn't true English. What happened? Oh, I, I, it only heard me say "shut up," so I thought it was going to respond to me, and I thought it would be funny, but it didn't say anything. <laughs> Savage. Yeah, that's that's scary though. Well, it's good that the psychologist or psychiatrist was able had, to help. I think it always helps when somebody has a similar issues because Mm -hmm. then they can have true empathy and you can feel like you can be more open with them because you know for sure they're not judging you agreed but that was my last one so it's tasha's turn tasha's oh hey here i am oh (laughs) oh hey we thought you were lost here you are she is lost in her phone I'm pulling texting up my... Texting Kyle, probably. No, no, I can see your glasses. No. <laughs> I can see the reflection of your phone. All right. Well, actually, I did message him. I said... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. All right. So... All right, all right, all okay. right. Okay. It's about damn time. And if I bring up Matthew McConaughey, I also have to bring up Mike Wazowski and Kronk because it's just the right thing to do. It is. And Mom's bringing up Lizzo. In a minute, I'm, I'm going to need a sentimental man or woman to pump me up. Feeling fussy in my Balenciessies. <gasps> Did I do it? Balenciessies. Balenciessies. Balenciaga. Okay. No Balenciessies. Okay. Well, well, we'll just move on. All right. So, Lexi, what? how does the pronunciation of your phobia? Well, it's not her phobia. <laughs> Somniphobia? Somniphobia. I don't okay. know why it completely left my All brain. Right. So, often somniphobia treatment is similar to the treatment of other specified phobias which is perfect because we also are talking about onephobia one rophobia one rophobia so for lexis it says exposure therapy is often the most effective phobia treatment this involves working with a therapist to gradually get used to your fears with somnophobia you may imagine getting a good night's sleep rest and may work your way up to taking short naps. That's good. Well, it almost reminds me of what we've talked about with dream journals, like where you're trying to control what happens after you sleep. I bet that would be part of the therapy. Mm, makes sense. And then I know we've mentioned this before, 
I can't remember what episode, but cognitive, yes, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is speaking with a therapist about your fears and identifying so you can walk through the sleep-related fears to teach you how to distress. And we've talked about that before. Yeah, and I mentioned, I think, last time about the sleep study when I talked to the neurologist. Oh, yeah. She really, like, helped me to understand, like, why I was having trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. And then now also this article um, that I got, by the way, from clevelandandclinic.org also talks about what's called EMDR, which is Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And so what they say this is, it's an it's effective for people with som, somnophobia. Somnophobia. Thank you. Lexis. So the fear of going to sleep. And they say that you were, if it comes from a traumatic event. So traumatic event? Or sorry, yeah. Trauma. I want to say trauma, yes. If it stems from trauma. So if you're remembering a traumatic event while being stimulated by rhythmic movement, you may be able to process the trauma without being overwhelmed by your memories. So now, Lex, remind me. I'm sorry. Did you talk about medications? (laughs) No. Well, I talked about the one that suppresses REM sleep. Okay. So there are some medications they say to reduce sleep-related anxiety symptoms and often, anxiety. Thank you. Often your healthcare provider will prescribe these along with therapy. So one is a beta blocker and then alprazolam or Xanax or lorazepam. La, la, Sorry, is, I know what I'm trying to is say. Is the other one escitalopram? No, but that's just another family. Well, I thought that that's what you tried to say. No, sorry. Lorazepam is what I was trying to say. Oh. So those are depression medications i'm pretty sure oh is that not what you're gonna go for no because what was the other one that you said a beta blocker the lorazepam what was the other name xanax xanax it's the same medication oh okay i'm pretty sure never mind go ahead or maybe not the other one is the off brand of xanax i think there you go oh my lorazepam treats seizures and epilepsy so that kind of goes hand in hand with like your article or what you were talking about with the uh, previous medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then Xanax is for like anxiety and panic disorders. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Got I'm going to stop correcting Tosh saying anxiety, but I think everyone knows by now what she's trying to say. I'm pretty sure if they don't know by now what I'm trying to say, then they haven't been listening long enough. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to jump over real quick to Mama Dawn's. Remind me how to say it. Oh, one rephobia. One rephobia. So just as there's no definitive causes for somnophobia, there's also no definitive causes for onerophobia. So they say that there's also no treatments that are specifically designed for either condition. Nevertheless, there's still many different forms of treatment that can help significantly improve the many symptoms. And so we're going to go over a few of those as well. Okay. As I mentioned, exposed therapy is going to go for both. So not only Lexi's, but also yours. Okay. CBT is another very common form of treatment that is often used to help people suffering from generalized anxiety disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, among other conditions. So it says that it may also be effective at helping to treat people suffer from phobias, 
CBT works by having a therapist help the patient to uncover why it is what they think, feel, and behave the way that they do in regards to particular fears or concerns that they have. So, I mean, overall, both of these, it really just sounds like therapy mm-hmm. and working with a therapist, like, to find underlining reasons or conditions why you may have this fear of dreaming or why you may have this fear of going to sleep. Well, it sounds like they're identifying what the traumatic event was that caused it and right. then helping them talk it out so it'll no longer associate with sleep. Exactly. And then like we just talked about with some anxiety medications, uh, medications are very useful to help prevent panic attacks. Such drugs can be extremely useful for people suffering from severe onerophobia due to the fact that people with phobias often experience panic attacks as well. Which makes sense. Because even just think of like the spiders. Yeah. Like people can have a panic attack just from seeing a spider. Correct. You know, or something even less severe than that or more severe than that. So Yeah, Daddy Dell's kind of scared of spiders now after his whole experience last summer with well, his bite. That totally makes I sense. Do not blame him whatsoever. Yeah. All right. So there is also something called MBSR. That's Michael Brad Sarah Roger. What does it actually stand for? <laughs> Mindfulness-based stress reduction. I okay. thought that that's what it did stand for, and I was, like, waiting for the explanation as to why. <laughs> the names. <laughs> so this is an eight-week evidence-based program that offers circular, intense mindfulness training to help people who are suffering from anxiety, stress, depression, and other sorts of mental anguish. Well, so, so it's basically teaching them to meditate. Mindfulness, um, I think, is yes, equal right. to meditation. You are correct. It says mindfulness meditation has been shown to be very beneficial beneficial for anxious people in such that a structured program, someone with phobia can expect to learn the, a plethora of different skills to help them reveal the intense anxiety that's associated with their specific phobias. Okay. Talk to your doctor. If, oh, you know what? Wait, let me start that over. Talk to your doctor or therapist to see if MBSR can help you to reduce the intensity of your symptoms. And remember, we are not experts and we are not doctors. Correct. So our information is just shared from online and you got to talk to your doctor to know what you need to do if you have this issue. Perfect. Good advice. They also do mention yoga as well. There are numerous different yoga poses that can substantially benefit someone who is suffering from ronophobia. Onerophobia. (laughs) Wow, I just mumbled that right out, didn't I? Um, In part, this is due to the meditative state that the mind tends to go to when you're doing yoga. So, When I think these all are stress-relieving activities. So I think if you can keep your stress level down so you don't actually get into the panic attack then I think you can kind of soothe yourself into actually relaxing enough that makes to sense. fall asleep without it. And then in ending, exercise can help, caffeine reduction can help, and DPT mm-hmm. for dialectal behavior therapy, which is an effective form of treatment for people suffering with emotion regulation. So, okay. you know... It says typically it lasts about six months, and you can have anywhere from one to two people um, join like a group for that type of training, training, therapy, therapy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, if you have anything like this, talk to your doctor. 
therapist seems to be number one on the list in regards to helping you overcome the phobia. Well, it makes sense where it sounds like they're categorizing it as a mental illness. Right. So, yeah, that's what we had today. And as you all know, we're definitely pro-therapy here. We love a good therapy session. We love a good therapist. So, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. It was very interesting information, something new for me. So, And me. And me. Something new for you. And if you have a story to share about this or any other thing, dead to the world podcast at gmail.com. You know the drill. Social media is dead to the world podcast. And make sure you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to us. And comment on our TikTok so Lexi knows that you're seeing them. Yeah, please. It'll make her feel please. good. Please, she's been putting a lot of work into the TikTok. It'll make me happy. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you being here. And we hope you join us next time to find out what happens when we are dead, dead to, to the, the world. world.